0: Hello and welcome. Yes, my man Sia. I'm answering his question, but I'm also introducing him. This is, this is some back-end bullshit. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the Win Daily Sports Show, and we are here to break down the A, T, and T, Pebble Beach kind of pro-am. I like the way Sia put it. I'm sure he stole it from someone else because that's all he does these days, the legit. no-am. That's right. I really exactly. like that. So we are here to break it down. If you're watching on YouTube, please Smash the like button so we can all become YouTube stars and super famous and do weird stuff on the Internet. If you're listening, just give us a five star review. That's all we're asking for. That's all we're asking. for. I don't know. See, ya. don't spend too much time on YouTube. Some weird, weird shit out there. You should get on TikTok. See ya. Anyway, um, yeah. see, how are you doing this, uh, this uh, evening, buddy?
1: You did, I'm on TikTok. You haven't seen my stuff?
0: Whoa. No, I, I went on TikTok once and it scared me and I literally deleted the app immediately after that.
1: Yeah, I'm joking. I'm definitely not on TikTok. Good, because it's
0: <laughs> definitely illegal. But um Joel, how you doing tonight, buddy?
1: <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm pumped for this tournament. I think uh
2: you know, I this tournament is a it's fun like game theory wise, how to build lineups, mm-hmm. there's some dumb different ways to approach it. So I think we're going to have a good time talking about it and breaking it down tonight.
0: This one is going to be a lot of fun. Just some immediate news. Dustin Johnson, I got a text message from Sia last night at about 11, 30. I was well asleep, so I didn't see it. But Dustin Johnson pulled out of the event. He, was in, he won in Abu Dhabi or Saudi Arabia, wherever the heck he was last week. Um, he won. We had Brooks win last week. Uh, our Jordan Spieth take. Yikes, guys. Let's all just collectively <laughs> agree with that and move on from it. It's okay. <laughs> Um, I also think we spent like two or three minutes talking about how it's it's terrible that Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kapgar are so under they're so overpriced and nobody should play them and this that and the other and hey process over results but man if someone just watched last week we look like idiots guys so <laughs> hopefully they came back this week and they can see some of the smart things we're going to say so we are in Pebble Beach we're out somewhere in California sure it's gorgeous sure the weather is night nice. actually the weather's supposed to be shit there all weekend so that's kind of funny but this is another two course event Oh, I'm Michael, sorry. hold
2: on. Hold on. I have to defend CNI's honor. While, yes, we have, we did give some not-so-great plays last week, we also gave a bunch of really no, good no, 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 plays no. no, 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 no you're no. completely ignoring I, and not giving us any credit for. That
0: is true, and that's because I think they cancel out. So we okay, literally okay. spent multiple minutes talking about how <laughs> Jordan Spieth should be worth 6500 and if Brooks was only 7200 maybe more people would play him. The dude has been terrible. He's washed up. And then they both come out and, and do really well. Jordan Spieth had the chance. He kind of is a head case, so he knew he couldn't. Brooks came all the way in the <laughs> end. What do you got, Sia? I'm sorry. So, Please no, your honor. I apologize.
1: No, no, I'm not even going to do that. But but I do want to point out that the, because there was really no reason to be on Jordan Spieth or Brooks Kepka last week, if you were on him, you likely have been on him mm-hmm. for a long time and been taking L after L after L. So so to the extent you're celebrating yourself or or just celebrating – the, or, or I should say, kind of condemning the people who were fading him. Well, good news for us—we've been fading those guys for quite some time, and it's in to our benefit. You like that? In again—that's back-to-back Don't shows.
0: Don't know what that one means.
1: I'm gonna drop an RG three reference later okay. too. We're we're gonna we're gonna play all the hits. It's gonna be a classic. But oh, the point is, like you know, you're gonna lose sometimes when these sort of like. Superstars finally find their magic, but but are they are they going to continue to find their magic? I mean, we'll talk about that later in the show. I think one has more of a chance than the other to kind of continue what he's been doing. But again, I don't mind not being on Jordan Spieth or Brooks Kepka last week. I think we had a funny moment making fun of Jordan Spieth, and and I'm I'm guessing people don't remember that moment. If you were watching last week, you definitely remember. But I'm glad we didn't like post that because sometimes we post <laughs> funny clips before before the tournament. I'm really glad we didn't post that one. But the point is. <laughs> I don't feel too bad about that. I do wanna point out though, on Saturday night, I jumped into our Discord and I said, hey, listen, uh, KH Lee is only three strokes back and Xander and Jordan have not been striking the ball as well as people think. So take him at 33 to one as a live bet and James Hahn at a hundred to one. Okay. Mm. James Hahn was the secret weapon. We had basically the whole team and by team. I mean, the subscribers to playing James Hahn, because my secret weapon is now 28 and three. This guy was 6,700, I believe and, and well under 5% owned the short of it is I had money on him at a hundred to one. So you make the turn. He's three strokes up. I'm not super confident it's golf, but I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm either going to hit KH Lee or I'm going to hit James Hahn because Xander Shawflight and Jordan Spieth are like clearly going to wilt. And then Brooks Kepka out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then he chips in on 17 for an eagle. And I'm like, oh my, like, what? This, it's so golf, right? Yeah. But no, we had some good picks too. So that's of true. Course. But the Jordan Spieth the, – the, like, it's funny because it was the one week where we really got yep, on Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he happened to show up. So
0: you literally said if he was sixty. Joel said, and I'm not paraphrasing too much. If he was sixty two hundred, I'd probably play him. So like, yeah, and yeah, of course you would at sixty two hundred. But wherever he was priced last week, I I forget. Um, it it was fun. We had a blast. Again, we had a lot of great calls as well. You guys did, and uh, it was just funny. That's really all I can say about well, it. It was I, just funny.
2: I'll add to that I think CM made a really good point. Right, you're you're not making a lot of money if you'd been playing Jordan Spieth every week, like, and if it paid off for you last week, you're probably still down if you're playing him like consecutively. Um, but what I say, is what I look at it as, like, there's two types of DFS players. There's the I have nothing to do, and I'm just going to throw a lineup in, and I know Jordan Spieth's name, so he's in my lineup those guys maybe had a good week this weekend. Right? They usually don't win. And then there's the guys that do the research that watch the podcast that figure out golfers that are trending and probably win more consistently. And maybe you didn't win this weekend, but you're probably more consistently winning money. So uh, that's, just going to shake out sometimes when, when something like that happens, but um, you know, you gotta just have confidence to go back to, well, I'm going to talk about that a lot more today when we start getting to some of the guys of knowing like somebody may have missed the cut last week, but if we still liked them. That doesn't mean we're, we're getting away from them.
0: Yep. A hundred percent. See, you, And you preach that every week. And Joel, I, think i'm gonna quote you here it doesn't matter how many times you win it matters how much you win right <laughs> so hey maybe those guys did have a pretty good week who knows but anyway last week was last week it was great dj won over in the middle east uh he is now out obviously we know brooks Kepka did his thing over here stateside uh so let's let's jump into it it is a two uh course um course how do you say that? Tournament, Rotation. I guess. Rotation. Okay. It's a two-course, course, course, course. is course. Uh, <laughs> really great at picking winners on these courses, uh, which is awesome. So I'm, I'm banking on another first-round leader, and then I'm going to parlay. It's a whole thing. You guys know about it I know. <laughs> Um, now. Sia, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, Pebble Peach is iconic. Everybody knows it. Everybody's seen it. I hear the weather is supposed to be awful this weekend, which kind of sucks. But what are you looking for? What is this kind of course and... Like what? Are, what are some of the metrics that you're trying to pay attention to?
1: So, first of all, I'm hearing varying reports about the weather. I haven't looked at it recently, so you're probably right. It's going to be terrible. There might be some wind. I mean, that, that's not atypical for for this uh, particular venue. But so, what am I looking for? By the way, in a two course rotation, one thing you, you want to consider here is is the fact that wow, that is real. You know what? I you're like beautiful. this view way yeah. better. I got you it. Beautiful. So, I I think what you're really looking for here is. Variants. I mean, you have two courses. You have very few guys at the top that you'd normally lean on. I mean, Patrick Cantlay, Paul Casey, Daniel Berger, even Will Zalatoris, I put them sort of in that upper crust, but I'm not really like huge fans of any of them. Of course, I'm going to roster them, but with the wind involved, with the bad weather involved, with the two-course rotation involved, I think it's safe to say that, like, you can kind of go for some long shots here, either from a betting standpoint or from a DFS standpoint. I'm not saying don't take these guys at the upper tier in DraftKings or in FanDuel, but what I am saying is if there was ever a tournament where you don't have guys at the top, you know, to really kind of worry about this is the tournament. And so that $7,000 range, that $8,000 range, it's all in play. Whether you want to play balanced or stars and scrubs, it's all in play. I have a feeling based on what I'm hearing, that it's going to be a lot of stars and scrubs approach. So I might have half my lineups doing that and literally half of them like extremely balanced where I am skipping the top altogether. So um, as far as what the metrics I'm looking at, I mean, it's pretty good to be off the tee here. I think it's a second shot course, just like most of them. I think approach is really key. If there was a metric I was going to bump up a little bit, it it wouldn't be approach. But but I, I do want to mention that the greens are small here. Okay. So around the green game, because you're not going to be just knocking it stiff on the green all the time here, especially with the wind conditions. So around the green game definitely gets a bump up uh, versus most of the tournaments that we talked about. So I would kind of just focus on the regular metrics. We always do, but bump up around the green a little bit.
0: Love it. That is fantastic. Joel, what are some of the things uh, outside of what Sia said that you're trying to pay attention to I and mean, get ready for your close up Cause it's coming.
2: <laughs>
0: it's well, intimidating. I-
2: I just, I just want to like start by saying I think it's really great that uh, that DJ kind of backed backed out because DJ being in this was going to make it really confusing. You know, it kind of felt like he was so much better that you had to play him, um, but he was so expensive. It was just going to make it really difficult. So DJ being out, I think it makes it a lot clearer on like the approach to how you build lineups this week. Um, for me. We're going back to the, the the patented hybrid. You know how it works, Michael. Right? We're going to my hybrid model that it works every time, sixty percent of the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think there are. There's this this week is going to be at some plays that I think are going to look a little bit more um, obvious, right? And I think um, some of we talked about this before. How Draft DraftKings does pricing this week? It felt like. Some of these top tier guys, someone had to go there and they got put there, but there's not a big difference between them and and some of the guys maybe at five hundred or a thousand dollars cheaper. So we're gonna try and find that value and, and construct the best lineups that way.
0: Yeah, and there, um, in terms of DFS, obviously a lot of value got opened up by DJ not being there. He was priced at twelve thousand. Um, which I mean is usually like, that's kind of the highest you're going to see a golfer. Very rarely. Do I remember the last six months of doing the show? See it, please correct me. Um, I don't remember a golfer being priced above 12,000, maybe like one person, one time at like one of those resort courses that they shouldn't have been there. But outside of that, he was priced at 12,000. He's not there anymore now. And that kind of opens everything up now on the reverse side, the betting market, DJ was four to one to win this thing, essentially saying like, yep. He's kind of got it like we've been seeing you know usually it's like 12 to 1 to win is up top. I mean last week I think we had uh you know 7.5 or 15 to 2 whatever it ended up being to 1 but 4 to 1's a joke.
1: Yeah so, and by, and by the nice. way and by the way it just there's such a big difference between betting in DFS if you will and betting in like the actual sports book market because if you roster Dustin Johnson if he was in this tournament Totally makes sense. Totally get it. He's elite in this field. But if you're betting on him within 156 player field at four to one, I don't care if this is Tiger Woods in the year 2000, like it's a dumb bet. Please never, ever do that. So it's really good from a betting standpoint that he's out because, well, for two reasons, one, it's really opened up that the potential, in my opinion, the potential like win equity of probably like the top 20, 25 people in this tournament, but perhaps more importantly for for my selfish purposes The site I bet on, which, by the way, doesn't have first-round leaders on split courses, so that kind of sucks. I'll give out some, but I don't think they're out yet on DraftKings. But again, more importantly for me, they didn't adjust those odds. Some sites didn't adjust their odds until this morning. And a lot of sites, a lot of the sites that are on the up and up, it took them 20 minutes, an hour, two hours. So I was able to get guys kind of near that top tier at numbers I shouldn't have gotten them at because they're still hanging up, Dustin Johnson at plus 400 or plus 600, wherever he was at. So it's one thing to look out for in golf. It, it just, just please be mindful of this if you're betting. If a top five guy drops out, it's very likely – That once you get that news, you have a little bit of time to place an outright bet, and you're going to get some really, really good value either on the outright or on the top ten market or or something of that nature. So keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you take one of the top people out of the field, who is again almost a a central lock as much as you're going to see in golf to win, a lot of guys that opens up one of those top ten spots, right? And that those are those are usually pretty. pretty tasty odds so we do like to see it so let's jump into this boys let's um let's get at it as we know Dustin Johnson is out but then the next three we have Cantlay Casey and Berger Daniel Berger at 10-1 you can already see like they never have Daniel Berger at 10-1 like he's always in that 8,889 sometimes he pops in that low nine range but now he is he is up there so it, talk to me a little bit about the other three guys in this top tier range
1: yeah, it's hard to make an argument against any of them. You know, I I know that, and I'm looking at preliminary ownership projections. You know, so Daniel Berger broke everybody's heart last week. He was kind of the darling of last week. I think people thought like, oh, it's Berger's time. He was sort of trending upward, and he misses the cut. Um, he he had a really bad back nine on Friday, so that that kind of did him in. But it's interesting because when you're an elite player and you let the DFS community down. Usually they're not going to fade you the next tournament because they still think you're elite and they think you can bounce back. Now, if you're in the 7,000 range or the 8,000 range and you let somebody down, then all of a sudden they're getting pivoted from. So I've noticed in the ownership percentages, I mean, this is partly because DJ's not in this tournament anymore, but you know, Burger's probably going to be 20% plus, which isn't really that much considering the DJ thing. But again, he lets so many people down. He's still going to be a popular guy. Cantley's looking like he's going to be the king of the mountain from an ownership standpoint. He's looking like he's 30%. And then Paul Casey, he's he's probably trending towards 15%, 18% is my guess. So all three of those guys are going to be reasonably popular. They're all good plays. If I had to rank them, I'd probably say Cantley. He's a California kid. Um, he's been, str- like just from a ball striking standpoint, he really pops off the page relative to Every single person in this tournament, other than Will Zalatoris, who has a smaller sample sample size than uh, Patrick Cantlay, so. I don't, I'm not in love with any of these guys. Uh, I think Patrick Cantley is probably the play. I think Paul Casey is probably the second best play. He had an eighth at the Amex recently and he played over in, I believe it was Abu Dhabi two Mm -hmm. weeks ago and took that down. So he's in really good form. His short, you know, his short game is always sort of the problem for him, but it looks like it's in pretty good order. Um, But I think I like Cantley Casey. I'm not willing to depend on Berger quite yet. So that's how I'd rank them in, in terms of how they're priced.
0: Love it. How about you, Joel? What are you looking at in this top tier range? And, and you know, compared to the numbers that see gave in terms of ownership, where are you looking to go with some of them?
2: Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I feel similarly as see about this range. I don't love it. Um, I, I'm not fading any of these guys. I wouldn't say, you know, I think they're all fine for sprinkles, but I'm not going to be too heavy on on any of the of the top three. I, I would say in terms of preference, my favorite is actually burger. So if I'm going to go to one, um, I would go to burger – the the biggest thing keeping me away from this top range is that I don't love any of them, and the ownership is so high. So if if we look back on uh, you know Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and these ownership percentages looked lower, I would probably want to play them more. But I, none of these guys are saying this is like a definite play, and at this this high of a price, um, I think we can get, get a pretty big advantage by almost fading the top tier. So I agree with that. By the way, if, I, if I'm going to play any of them, it's probably Burger, or my favorite play of the three is Burger, but uh, I'm going to try and get away from them as much as possible.
0: All right, sounds like you guys are, and again, the patented uh, hybrid lineup. I'm excited to see where this one goes. I guess Joel, let's let's just jump right into it. Jordan Spieth, 9,700. How much of him are you rostering this week?
2: So we we missed a very important person, which is Will Zalatoris. I know, but um, it's funny, right? That's the <laughs> <joke>. <laughs> that's the joke. So, anyway. Speed. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm not gonna make fun of him because he played great last week. And um and you know what? To be honest with you, if he was still priced in the seven thousands, I would probably play him this week. But this is too much of a price adjustment to go back to Speed for me. Um, he's just you know, it feels like people think he's back to prime four. He did play really well for one tournament. Didn't play great on Sunday. Um. I just don't want to pay this much for Spieth right now. I don't. I don't have enough faith in him at this high of a salary. Now with Will Zalatoris, he's my favorite high end play of the week. Um, you know, I've been skeptical. I, you know, I want to see. I kind of wanted to see more out of him, um, and he's done nothing but show us more. Right? I mean, continuing to get top twenties. Two years ago, before he was even a pro. He made the cut. He didn't do that well, but he made the cut. And he's a significantly better golfer now than he was two years ago because this is a young guy, right? These guys get a lot better in these couple years that they're playing. So uh, Will Zalatoris is, is someone that I'm going to go to. I think he's a, a pretty strong player. The one factor to be mindful of is let's take a look at the weather going in because well, what will turn me off to Zalatoris is, as you know, this course can be you know right on the water. It can get pretty nasty. Um, and if you don't have too much experience playing this course in those conditions, I don't know how you do it. That's almost a type of factor where it's like, if it's going to be pretty nasty weather, we're going to want guys like, I know you're going to call me crazy. And this time I'm not joking. We're going to want guys like Phil because Phil is going to have experience here where he'll know how to play a course like this in really bad weather. Um, whereas, you know, some of these new guys have never played before. This is going to, these new factors is going to, it's a big question mark. So I'm not saying right now, Phil's my big recommended to play, not my statement at all. My statement is: If we're going to be playing a tournament with, in really bad weather, I'm going to look for guys that have played here a lot. They're going to be comfortable on the course, and Phil would be one of those guys. Um, that's the thought process.
1: Just uh, to clarify,
2: Phil Collins,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil, like what, which Phil? But, yes,
2: Mickelson. Yes, yes, Mickelson. Oh, wow. okay. Yes. Now, this is this strictly, and I want to reiterate strictly as like uh, the course isn't playing normal conditions. So I think he's kind of like he's got some tools in his bag that. These rookie young up comers aren't going to have right. He might feel more comfortable playing uh, this course in a, in bad conditions.
1: Actually, I, I I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually, really agree with that take. If the conditions are really bad and nobody's like hitting the fairway, and it's just kind of one of those things where you're chipping away and you got to rely on on around the green game or, or the short irons, like Phil would be the guy to lean on there. But am I rostering him? No, but I actually agree with that logic, so I I don't hate it. I think you guys are crazy. I can't. I'm <laughs> gonna clip this. I can't wait for
0: that. I'm gonna make sure to clip this. Charlie's in the chat. What's up, Chuck? Uh, tell someone take t- t- Joel's temperature. My goodness, I guess. Um, oh, Jedi <laughs> mind tricks. I like that too. There you go. There you go. Um, I guess so. I asked this question, Joel, specifically last week about Will Zalatoris, and I was like, no one's playing him. He's a lot cheaper. He, all the dude does is get top tens. And both of you, rightfully so, said, Hey, well, this is an actual field. Dude still finishes his top 20 at 17. We've seen what he does when there's like nobody in the field. Betting him top five, top three, first round leader for every, should I, is that like an understandable route to take when I'm betting on this guy?
2: Well, Michael, you made a really good point. I think the biggest thing about Zalatoris that stands out to me this week is the reasons why we were kind of not so much on him last week was because of the field.
0: Yeah, but not it's- him, I- it was the field
2: the price hasn't changed. So, like, you know, my thought is he should be the guy kind of priced where Casey is, right? And he's a little bit cheaper than that. So I'm looking at him as he's as good, if not better, as those guys, and we're getting him at the lowest price. So that's my thought process is in this field, he's as good as anybody. You know, he's not competing against DJ, against Thomas, against Ram. Um And at this price, yeah, I like him. I, and, then he's, and he's consistently still doing it, like top 20 again last week. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense to go back to him. Let's
0: get it. All right. See, what about you? Who are you liking in this 9k range?
1: Yeah. So I don't like this range, uh, much at all. I, I think the 8k and 7k range is where I'm going to be living for the most part, but I'll tell you what, I mean, I do like Wills Zalatoris. I, I think a lot of people are going to be on Jason day. And by the way, a lot of people are already on Will Zalatoris. So, so it's, it, it's a pretty chalky play. I mean, I think, I think the secret is out. This guy is an incredible ball striker. Um, Jason Day, I'm not going to be on. I just feel like I need to put that out there. Francesco Molinari is really interesting to me because he's been really good lately. And this he's definitely a good course fit here. And uh, you know, part of me feels like I'm chasing points a little bit because he has been so good recent form. But I mean, if this is the Francesco Molinari of like two years ago, like we're in pretty good shape relative to this field. So I think in the 9K range, I like him. As far as upside is concerned, um, Burns doesn't have a great track record here from what I recall. I'm looking at it now. But... I mean, no, he doesn't have any track record here. Excuse me. Um, He's just been really good lately. I mean, most of the rounds he puts together are elite rounds. He usually has one blow-up round, which kind of holds him back. But, I mean, 22nd last week, 18th the week before, he let people down at the American Express. Um, He showed upside before the break. I mean, he's hitting the ball really well. I I don't know that I'm in love with him. This is another one where he doesn't have course experience, so maybe the sort of the weather gets to him and the fact that he can blow up on certain days. Maybe he's not the best fit here. But... I think as just a pure upside play, he's okay. But again, this range altogether, I'm just not super fond of.
0: All right, let's, uh, one thing, I mean, you you brought it up. I just want to uh, point it out again. Sam Perns, uh, 64, Jesus, 68, 73, 68 last week. So he had that one incredible week, uh, one incredible round. Uh, the Farmer, 66, awesome. That's what Joel loves to see. How many 66s can you score, right? But then 72, 70, 75. At the American Express, he let a lot of people down with a 77, but then came out the next day, shot us, 66. So, yeah, very clearly the guy, he, uh, he definitely does the, uh, I guess, is that his version of stars and scrubs, Joel? Is that kind of how that works?
2: Like a <laughs> well, round, I, stars, I, I rounds, scrubs, rounds. The interesting thing to look at that with that, he is a good DFS player. You want guys mm-hmm. that can get those low scores, right? It's a little different than like the um, nine nine birdies and nine yeah, boats yeah, yeah, yeah. and 18 bars. a little different there. but what it is saying is, He's capable of getting those low scores, right? And so, if if you're seeing guys that are consistently getting those 66s, but maybe having that one bad day, they're capable of putting together that that DFS scoring day. So, I I like Burns a lot. I'm with you. My only concern with Burns is that, and it could just be a just playing every week thing. It just is kind of scary seeing his price come up that much. Uh, you know, we're we're used to seeing him. $1,000 cheaper, but the field's a little bit weaker. So it's mm-hmm. probably adjusted accordingly based on who he's got to compete against.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The, the field isn't quite um, what it was. I mean, read see his article, which is out for free on winddailysports.com. He didn't even put a single person from the 6K range. He's saving all his bullets for that secret weapon. So watch out, everybody. It's going to be coming. See, Uh you said you really like this 8K range, though. So you want to hop down there and tell us who you're who you're digging?
1: Yeah, and people. I mean, speaking of people who who look like they're mispriced, speeple of peaking. That's pretty much what I said. <laughs> I am um,
0: whatever. It's fine. you're great. You look um, so good. It doesn't matter what you say.
1: Oh, you are so kind. Uh, so speaking of that, you got Kevin Strelman at the top of this. It's eighty nine hundred. And and at first, when I saw that, you know, I, I prep for DFS pretty much Sunday night, um, Monday morning when the prices come out. Usually, it's Monday early afternoon. And when I saw the Strelman price, I was like. Okay, pass. Like I like Strelman, but there's just no way. And then I kind of looked at it a little further. I saw his his course history is like phenomenal here. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, still pass. Like I'm not good. That, that can't be the only bullet in the chamber for me. Like I have to see more. And then I looked at his recent form. I was like, oh this isn't a pass anymore. Like this guy is really striking the ball well. His course history is really good. He's a really good course fit. So yeah, he's expensive. But by the way, this field is probably the worst field we're going to see all year. I mean, I I genuinely think that's going to be the case. So 8,900, I mean, it's all kind of relative, right? I mean, this is 8,900, I think in like a I don't even know what to do with that number because it's actually probably appropriate for him. I think maybe he's overpriced by like 300. Maybe he should be 8,600, but that's not a big deal. So I like Kevin Strelman quite a bit. Henrik Norlander my guy. I'll tell you when, when the odds didn't move when DJ withdrew from the site I use, I immediately hit Norlander at, uh, I think I got him at 60 or 50 to one. And now it's 40 to one, I believe. I hit Norlander, I hit a little bit on Burns, even though I don't love him as much outright. I even put a little bit on Casey because I thought at the time 25 to one was gonna get adjusted. So I knew I was gonna get um, some pretty good value there. A little bit on a Cantley. I just kind of threw a bunch of money around because I knew I was getting value on everybody I was playing. But Norlander, I think is the type of guy that has, legit upside to take this particular tournament down. He's been really, really good lately. His last few tournaments, he's 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 just been really good. And I think the ball striking is there. So it's not like it's smoke and mirrors with Henrik Norlander. The ball striking is there. The short game is is pretty good. And his recent form is good enough for me to be like, hey, this guy's probably underpriced. I mean, I think you could put him in the Sam Burns category. Let's put it that way at 9,100. So I like him quite a bit. I like Cameron Tringale because I always like him and his, he, he's a good course fit. His irons are usually pretty good, and I don't think the wind's going to give him too much trouble, him in particular. Other than that, in the 8K range, Matt Jones is really interesting. Um, he's kind of an under-the-radar guy. He's been playing pretty well. His ball striking's been pretty good, um, and his ownership is probably going to be in that 10 to 12% range, a little higher than I want it to be, but I, I do like Matt Jones. I do want to mention James Hahn because he was the secret weapon last week. Um, he just paid off the win daily community could have could have done even more if he actually outright won the damn thing but he was really good i do want to point out because charlie's in the chat now charlie he's known as charlemagne in 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 our discord and he's actually i think now sort of a a win daily writer he's actually with helping out he's helping out with uh sicily kids all his stat models and ownership models and all, all the stuff that they do that honestly i don't even really understand it's so sophisticated with the palo alto boys but um i did want to point out you know he kind of like did like a connect the dots thing with James Hahn. I think Steve Stricker was in a group with, with people that were in a group with a guy who had uh, COVID or something. And, and anyway, the, the point is get in Discord for more information on that. It's something to maybe monitor. James Hahn was playing with somebody who was playing with somebody who had who has COVID now, so something like maybe you're going to be hesitant to, to roster James Hahn because maybe a test pops up in two days where he's positive. I doubt that's going to happen. I just want to point it out because. I mean, that's sort of how deep we go at Win Daily. We're like kind of like trying to figure out who was playing with who when a withdrawal comes up. So I think that's pretty cool that he came up with it. I didn't articulate it very well, but get into Discord for more details on that. Um, I probably will be off James Hahn regardless, though, because I didn't like how he crumbled last week. He'll probably pick up some popularity this week. I'll probably just lay off this week, see what happens.
0: Yeah, 69 uh, at the f- uh, his fourth round last week. But he was fun. Definitely made a bunch of people a lot of money over here, especially on the showdown side and, and on just the, the full full weekend side. And I think it's just interesting to see he's now 8000 So he's about, what, $1,300 more expensive mm-hmm. than he was last week. And that's going to scare people or that's not going to scare people. It's just interesting to see how, like, when we go from a real field to kind of one of these, like, half fields where there's still the same number of players. But it's not the same, quite not quite the same talent. Joel, what about you? What do you like it from this 8K range?
2: Yeah, I think you know what's interesting with this thing and what you know I find like I have the most success is when I can confidently narrow my player pool down. You know, if I feel like you know these are the guys I want in, you're gonna win because you if you hit right, so that's what you're gonna have the highest odds of connecting. So, you know, this week, especially be, the top feet uh, salary are kind of thin. Right. There's not all that much, and, and there's going to be a lot of the cheaper guys, which you know I feel like we can confidently fade the, some of the cheaper guys who you know we barely even heard of half of them who are just kind of in this field. So uh, we should be able to get down to a narrow play field that we feel good about for this weekend who we're going to play, and then it's just a matter of making sure that Jordan Smith doesn't come out of nowhere and somehow almost <laughs> win the tournament, and then we're going to be we good to go. But um, in this range, I think a lot of who I like aligns with think I think we're, we're on a lot of the same guys. And not to be repetitive, I like Stromen a lot, and I, I actually had a similar thought process as this week. Where at first glance, when you see that price tag next to his name, you're just kind of like, "What?" Um, and then I did the exact same thing as you did. As you dive into the numbers, he looks really good. I mean, for me, you know, the biggest factor was you know I love course history. Uh, his course history here is really, really, really strong. Um, and then his recent form is good, right? He's making the last few cuts. Uh, he's been playing well and. You know, it's one of those things where you know Pebble Beach is a tough course. It's uh, you know, if, if he's someone that just happens to have a, a knack for this course, I think that is going to go a long way this week. So, uh, I like Stroman a lot. So, one thing I didn't mention that that I'm, I'm on I like a quite a bit this week is Max Homa. We've seen Max Homa go on streaks where you know for you know months at a time he'll be you know playing as one of the top guys and then he'll fall off. And I feel like right now he's in a, a top form. I mean, here you go. Look at his last four alone. 12 21 18 and 42 so um he's there he's he's playing well and then you know his history here is, is strong I mean last year he was tied for 40th year for, before that tied for 10th so that's two top 20s in this event you know I would adjust him a little bit because you know we're all in agreement it's, it's a little bit of a weaker field so in a weaker field he is now in your top mm-hmm. 20 golfers to go to so I actually think it's more than a fair price for him I'm going to kind of be looking at him a lot this week. Also, as you know me, if you're giving me a reason to like Norlander, I'm going to like Norlander. There's nothing. I love Norlander. So, and I mean, his recent form has been, you know, we've seen him go on these tears before where he's put, you know, he puts together those strings um, for months at a time where he's playing really well and then he'll fall off for a little bit. But right now, while he's playing hot, like, let's go to him. Um, And I really love the fact that uh, he doesn't have to worry about, I think his biggest, um, the biggest issue with Norlander, a lot of times when he does get hot is, is having to, you know, beat JT and, and Xander and, and all those guys. And, and, you know, he's just not that elk of golfer in this field. He can't beat Little Paul game. Casey. Sure. I'll take him over Paul Casey. I, I, nothing against Paul Casey. Paul Casey, I actually like a fair amount this week, but my point is it's a, it, he's a, he's in that class of golfer and he's very much so going to be able to compete um, this week. Um, Kind of just going down for this way. Like, I like Tringal. I, I have no problem with a play of Norin. Um, and then uh, Matt Jones and Han, I think, are perfectly fine guys to kind of go back to if, if you want to uh, kind of round out your lineups this week.
1: Yep. So, by the by the way, Henrik Norlander, 22nd, 2nd, and 12th in his last three. And he's played here a couple times. Last year he finished 25th. So he does have familiarity with this mm-hmm. course, and he is on a hot streak. It's really interesting because the, the three the three tournaments before the three I just mentioned were all missed cuts. We talked about that, you know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. We were like, you know, Norlander, I guess we're off him. Like, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, this is one of those kind of moments where, like, somebody might have found something and all of a sudden a year from now, we might t- be talking about Norlander as like kind of an elite guy, S- similar with maybe a Sam Burns, for example. So um, I think Norlander has plenty of upside in the outright market and the DFS market. It is crazy.
0: Just a really interesting note, Max Homa 40 to one to win this thing tied with Sam Burns, tied with Kevin Streelman, ahead of Ricky, Brian Harmon, Norlander, Tringal, all those guys. So he has like, Pretty good odds, actually. Um, right behind Cameron Davis and Cebu Kim at 3,500. So it's really interesting that he is that high up. Um, so just again, take it with a grain of salt. You never know. Uh, he also hold out, uh, at, what, at 18 a couple of weeks ago for Eagle, which was awesome, which made <laughs> probably that uh, round look a little bit better than it really was, but. Hey man, wherever you finish, you finish. Who am I? So let's move on to the 7k range. Uh, I know we're gonna have a couple extra plays here. So uh see, let's start with you. Matt Kucher and Mr. Clark are both out. Wyndham Clark, both of them are not going to be playing with us, unfortunately, this week. So hopefully that opens up a little value. Who are you liking from this uh this range?
1: Yeah, I mean it doesn't really because just because this range is so uh, voluminous. Um, mm. In fact, I'll probably just go 7,900 to 7,500 and then okay. we can have Joel go and, and then we'll go do the rest of the range. But okay, so let me start with Chris Kirk, who who once you take out Matt Kuchar is is the first guy. So I, I feel like I have an apology to make because I was like pretty <laughs> bullish on Chris Kirk last week. I really liked his recent form. I thought we were sort of catching him at the right time. So we weren't because he missed the cut. And not only did he miss the cut, but he like, wasn't even really close. So I got to say, I, I want to talk about Chris Kirk just because I've sort of told people, hey, listen, just because a guy has two bad rounds from you know the week before, if I liked what I saw the week prior to that, from a research standpoint, I'm not just going to be like, oh, he's a bad golfer. I'm not going to use him. With that said, His course history here is actually kind of bad, but I just want to throw it out there. I will have Chris Kirk in some lineups because I do believe he was sort of turning a corner before last week. And even though he doesn't grade out well, which by the way means he's going to be some really good ownership leverage. Mm -hmm. I am still going to put in Chris Kirk. I'm still going to play Michael Thompson, who let me down last week. We'll get to him later, but uh, I just want to throw that out there. But in terms of the more confident plays, this guy's going to be chalky because he's just a name that keeps popping up. I mean, by the way, every podcast you listen to is going to talk about this guy who was P. Peter Malnati, because he can get super hot at any given moment and string a bunch of birdies together. He's just a flat out like DFS, DraftKings, FanDuel scorer. So um, he presents pretty good value. He can also crush your lineup. But then again, you could probably say that for a lot of the people in this 7K range. So you know you're always looking for upside, not a guy to jam in all your lineups, but definitely a guy to play. As I go down the list, Harold Varner is really interesting to me because it looks like, and I don't know this because it's a small sample size, but it looks like he turned a corner last week. HV3, not to be confused with?
0: Mr. RG3, friend of the show.
1: Friend of the show, Mr. RG3. Um, I, if HV3 has turned a corner and we have seen him be good and we have seen him compete, and it wasn't that long ago. It was like a year ago where like he's battling you know, late on Sunday afternoon. He's a great ball striker. So at 7,700 in this field, if Harold Varner is the guy he was last week, I mean, he should be priced at like 9,000. So I'm not saying he should be. I'm just saying we might be getting a guy that that is valued in the 9 to 10K range instead of the 7K range if it's the HV3 of old. Again, it's all relative to the field, too. So I like him quite a bit. Um, going down to the 7,500 range, I think Scott Stallings is interesting. I think he is playing pretty well. Um, Doug Gim is interesting, good ball striker. And as we get to 7,500, that's probably the only guys I like.
0: Doug Gim, the most boring name on planet golf. It's Please true. come on the show, Doug. Come on the show. Joel, talk to me. Who are you liking from this range?
2: Yeah, so I think my targets in this kind of range uh, are pretty narrowed in on about four or five guys. Okay, uh, So um, the field I'm looking at here, I think the first and, you know, As you guys know already, as I tell you, I actually don't really start doing all my research for the week until today, until earlier today, so I haven't really listened to anyone else's podcast. I didn't know that a lot of people were talking about Malnani, but he was, without me knowing that, was one of my favorite plays in this range, so um, I actually like him less because of that, because his ownership will be high, and I thought I might be sneaky with him, but now I realize I'm not sneaky at all. Everyone's saying the same thing, so I'm a little disappointed by that, but I mean, listen, at the end of the day it's really hard to pick the six guys that are going to win the tournament. And if that means if I'm seeing something, everyone else is seeing something, there's mm-hmm. probably a reason for it. So he does seem like he's probably a good play this week. And um, someone that we should, that I'm going to be definitely targeting in my lineups. Um, the other guys in this range to look at, I think is uh, one guy that I've been on recently, he disappointed last week, but I don't think it's a reason to, to come off of him. Uh, is Russell Knox. Russell Knox's recent form has been pretty strong um he slowed down a bit as of recent with the type 53 and the missed cut but let's just look at the numbers real quick right 68 69 69 so if, if that was just another 68 or 69 he's right in that tournament so it was just a sunday that, that threw him off he missed the cut here but again he wasn't terrible that 74 hertz but like i said nothing that was too implosion and before that he's really competing so the numbers still look good we just need him to avoid a day over 71 or 70 and he'll be right in this tournament um, I think HV3 is another. I think, you know, C has made some good points. He's capable, right? And in this field, uh, we know his ceiling is up there with some of these guys that we're seeing at eight and nine K. So I think he's a value at this point, but I think he's very volatile. So not someone you should be lock buttoning, not someone I would have in all your lineups, but definitely someone that, that on my radar, someone that I'd be sprinkling in, you know, if I'm playing five laps, he's in one. Um, and then, you know, to kind of close out this, this range, I think the, at the bottom of the range is a few guys at 7500 price that I like. So I like McNeely. Uh, McNeely was tied for fifth year last year. You know, his recent form is, uh, you know, not much to really talk about, uh, but he's a guy that I think is better than the – in the same elk as HV3 except for Varner third did well last week and McNeely didn't, but he's I think he's just better than he's getting credit for here. Um, I like him as a golfer. Uh, so at this price, and with someone who, who got fifth last year, seems to like the course, I think he's a he's a pretty strong play. I think a lot of people are going to be on Scott Stallings uh, this week. He, for me, I, I think he's a p- completely fair play if you like him. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, you know, tied for 36 last week is is not bad, especially with the 72 on Sunday, meaning he was right in it. Um, and what I like about him, kind of even looking before that, is that he does sprinkle in the 74 and 75, but he has those low scores. So, you know, for him to win, it's just avoiding the the blow up and he'll be right in this tournament. So I do like Scott Sawings. My concern with him is he, these are the type of plays that, that win tournaments if they're not chalky, right? And if he ends up being 20% owned at this price, that just, you know, yeah, obviously if he wins the tournament, you're going to need him. But at 20% owned, I just doesn't, I don't see the as much of a value in playing him. So I'm going to be definitely looking strongly at ownership percentages and making sure I make my plays accordingly. Um, And then uh, the last two plays, Ches Ravy, Ches Reavy's recent form has been bad, but like his course history here is really good. And, and that's going to mean something at Pebble Beach. So I'm going to overweight my course history as normal, a little bit more. Um, You know, if I want to just kind of get read it off to you real quick, tied for 20, 25th, tied for 38th, tied for second. So he does well here. Um, it's just a matter of, do you have faith in him kind of turning around his recent woes? And again, it's a gamble. He's definitely a tournament player. I don't think I'd play him in cash, but uh, I do like him as, as a way to, to get different. And then my last play, which I think is going to be different, um, but he, you know, I think he, he could be a casher. I'm definitely going to butcher his name. I'm embarrassed. Uh, Kyung Hoon Lee. So Kyung Hoon Lee, you know, listen, last week he, he got second. The week before that, he missed the cut. But then he's tied for 32nd, tied for 19th. Listen, this is consistently in good form. Uh, this isn't just he was good last week and that's it. He's been playing well over an extended period of time. Um, you know, We don't really have too much of a course history to go off of. He didn't play last year, and the year before that he missed the cut. I'm not going to hold that against him. No one knew who Kyung-Hoo Lee was a month ago. So him missing the cut, man, I, I don't know who he was. So now that we've seen in the last month he's performed, and he's performed pretty well. Uh, I actually think he's one of my favorite targets in this range um, because he, he's been pretty consistent. Wait, what's his price? I can't find this guy. Kang Lee is 7500 exactly.
1: So I thought I had heard... Oh, that he's K-H- out. Yeah, I think KH Lee withdrew yesterday. Oh, uh, he uh, withdrew. But it, it's interesting though because on, on some of the sites I'm looking at, he's still in the pool. So it's super confusing because because those same sites have Kucher out, Dustin Johnson out. So I literally was just making sure that I saw what I saw. I, yeah, Cage Lee is out. So is Wyndham Clark, so is Matt Kuchar, so is Dustin Johnson, so is Sebastian Munoz. Well,
2: then I got nothing for you. No, you had a lot there. That
0: was great. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think that was great, Joel. Um, let down a little at the end. But other than that, I thought it was actually fantastic. You let me down easy. You let me down easy. So, I mean, that's, that's the top half of the 7K range. And it seems like from what you guys have been saying is that you're kind of it seems like we're going to have a couple guys from that range, maybe one guy from that nine up not nine K range, maybe a guy from that seven K range and maybe dip a little bit into the six K range. But it seems like most of your lineup, correct me if I'm wrong, is coming from kind of that nine to seven K range and try and fill it up as much as possible. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah and, sure. and particularly the upper range of the 7K range, which is why mm. I'm going to end up being really balanced. Um, mm. By the way, so just from an ownership standpoint, these are super preliminary. So I don't know how much you can trust these numbers versus obviously what Steven Sicily Kid's going to produce tomorrow. By the way, Steven really likes Max Homa too. He he actually texted mm. me that earlier. So nice. um, I, I might I might have to be on, on this guy too. But the only guys right now that I'm seeing that are definitely going to be over 10%, Peter Malnati for sure. He's going to be the chalkiest in that 7K range. Um, Harold Varner's over ten percent, and I, I assume that's going to stick. Scott Stalling is just under ten percent, so it's still kind of high, but it's not that high. And then it looks like Doug Gim, believe it or not, is going to be in that ten percent range as well. So now you have to you have to like keep something in mind though. There's going to be a lot less people in that six k range, and maybe even a lot less people in that lower seven k range. So. It, These numbers are a little like kind of inflated. They're they're not Mm -hmm. as they're not as chalky or as bad as they think. I mean, the numbers are what they are, but I expect that upper 7K range, that 8K range, to be a little bit. You know, those numbers to be a little bit higher than they would in a normal tournament. Because again, this 6K range is really bad. I mean, even if you are if you're novice DFS player, or if you're like just a guy that you know, kind of like us, that's always kind of studying the numbers and watching golf, like. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to look at that 6K range. You're either not going to recognize the names if you're a novice, or you're going to be like, oh, my God, these guys are bad. I mean, John Daly's in this tournament. David Duvall has been doing more cool. announcing than anything is in this tournament. Like, There are names at the bottom of the 6K range, mind you, that are really bad, which is reflective of how how, how bad the, the upper po- portion of the 6K range is. So keep that in mind.
0: Let me just say that last week – we talked about how Mr. Henry Harry rugs could have potentially one day been a secret weapon, but he's priced too high. He is in this at 7,200. You know how much that disappoints me? Because with as bad as a six K range is, what do you think?
2: I'm happy for him. Listen, no, I wanted him to be a secret weapon. He was laughing at us for playing him last week. He's so good at golf that they've outpriced him. He can't even be eligible because he's too good for you. Sia. he's too good for your secret weapon. true. Even him there,
1: I how wanted, do, I wa- I wanted him to get sixty plus I have a blind spot for Henry Harry Higgs Brooks uh, How did he actually do oh, last? Week? So sad. Uh, uh, I think he made that's the cut. So good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he didn't even
0: make. He sucks. Uh, Seventy-five he and sixty-eight, <laughs> plus one over oh, two days.
1: What are the chances, percentage-wise, that mm. I already knew the answer to that question? Hundred. <laughs> at least eighty percent.
0: Ah, whatever. If he was at sixty-nine hundred and your secret weapon was on the line and he was the only golfer that was worthy, I still don't think you would have picked him just to spite me and Joel, just to spite (laughs) us.
1: Yeah. It's, he's not the, the, there's never going to be a time where he's going to be the only golfer that's worthy. That's where, that's where the, uh, the model doesn't. Oh, you're right.
0: They would have, they would have saved you again by him being over 5%. That would have been your excuse that time. By that time, Chris
1: Kirk will be in that range. And then I can just be like, let's go, Chris (laughs) Kirk, let's go. All right, so I'll, I'll anyway, continue. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm I'll sorry. The seven K range. So the first guy that actually jumps out to me, and again, I'll have to lean on Steven here. Steven, you know, is he's been running his models. He kind of has a different process than you know. We all kind of have different processes on the Wind Daily team. Yeah, there's there's quite a few of us. By the way, Patrick is back. So Patrick is one of our writers and and he's back like in full force, whether it's going to be in discord or writing articles, our cheat sheet, he is on everything now. So we've got, Pat. I mean, we've got everybody, we've got like the full roster of people, everybody has their process. We kind of come together, we're on a text group and we kind of, you know, volley back and forth names and stuff like that. We, we all have we all get into Discord and, and give our kind of our own opinions. A lot of times there's overlap. But I will say that Steven really likes Andrew Putnam. I mean, we might be chasing points a little bit here because, you know, he was kind of only good last week, but he was bogey-free last week. And I think there's something to be said for that. So, you know, a guy that's 7,400 that really was really, really good last week Um, he's it looks like he's gonna be in that 10% ownership range. I'm not really on him yet, but I definitely can be convinced. And when I was talking to Steven earlier today, um, you know, it was pretty convincing. So I'll have to take a second look at him. I'm definitely not on him yet, but I just wanted to point that out. Listen, Joel Diamond's been really bad lately. Really bad lately. He's missed three cuts in a row. But if there were a field for him to kind of flash, I still think he's got you know, the, the, the tools in the bag, if you will. So I will have a few, I'll be very careful, um, but I will have a few shares of Joel Dahman. As we get into this range, I, I just, there's not a lot of people I, I really like. I mean, I do want to look into Ryan Moore and Kramer Hickok a little bit more. I'm not prepared to give like full answers on them. I've been riding Kramer Hickok for quite some time and he's, Kind of paid off. I think it was a secret weapon a few weeks ago that paid off. Um, Michael Thompson, like I said, I'll be on him again at seventy-two hundred. I think he's a good course fit. Missed the cut last week, so he won't get too much ownership. But believe it or not, he's already in the ten percent range. So I think everybody was probably listened to me on on my show mm-hmm. yesterday, and they were like, "Oh man, mm-hmm. see, so he likes Michael Thompson." And I probably I probably skewed the numbers. So my apologies to whoever wants to play him. But Michael Thompson at seventy-two hundred, I think, is a smart play as we get down to the seven K range. There's really nobody I like. I think Brian Stewart at 7,000 is interesting. Usually a good ball striker, shorter hitter. Shouldn't hurt him too bad um, this particular tournament. I see Tom Hogue here. I just don't think he's found the game. I don't think he can put four rounds together at the moment. Um, That might be a guy I'd be willing to take a chance on only because he's going to be below 2%. So, I mean, he's done it before, so I think he's interesting. Uh, Outside of that, I'm done with the 7K range. Nate Lashley has won here before. He's 7,100. He flashes from time to time. It's not often. A decent guy to play,
0: and as you guys both always say, if you're on a guy last week, that being Chris Kirk, that being Michael Thompson, I mean, he didn't lose his ability to play golf. He's just kind of had a bad couple rounds potentially. So it's always a good idea to at least go back to them. Albeit maybe some fewer shares. What do you got, Joel?
2: Yeah, I was gonna tell. See, I, uh, see, I, I've been. On, I was on him last week. I've been on him for a couple of weeks now. There's a new Hogan town. All right. We're oh, done with
1: it. Yeah.
2: It's a new Hogue in town. You're right. Good play again. Listen, he didn't disappoint us last week. Uh, Bo Hogue, 7,300.
0: Oh, wrong Hogue. Oh, my That's God. Right. Sorry, wrong guys. Hogue. Sorry, sorry,
2: H-O-A-G. sorry. H-O-A-G. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, He's 7,300. He was tied for 36 last week with a 66 and a 67, which is like what we're looking for, right? So all we need to do is turn those 271s into a 69 70, 70 70. And now we're right in that tournament. And then go before that, tied for 18th, tied for 16th, a missed cut. But even before that, tied for 23rd, like he has been consistently coming. And not just like when he makes the cut, we're not talking tied for 50th, right? Like these are legitimate scores. And at this price in this field, um, you know, I, I think he's a really strong play. He's actually, you know, I haven't really seen from what I've seen so far, a lot of people come around to him. So his ownership, I'm hoping will stay relatively low. And I think if it if it remains that way, he'll be one of my favorite plays kind of at this price point um again i'm, I'm gonna condensing this this field down to to the guys i like i i'm, I'm on board with putting i think putting is a very solid play especially just looking at he's coming off for tied for seventh with a tied for 21st before that not much of a of a history to speak of but again when we're getting to this range if you're finding somebody who has a good course history a good recent form then they're also going to be 100 percent on so they, you, you, you can't win every battle so i think you know uh, he's certainly grading out well for, for this week as well. Uh can you just go on I think another guy that's been consistently playing pretty well, who I'm gonna go back to we mentioned a few times is Kyle Stanley. He's a former secret weapon. I know I know Sia likes him, and he kind of his numbers look similar to, to Boho. So he's he's right above him. I think he's seventy he's seventy three or seventy four hundred. Um if you're looking to pull up his name. There you go. Um, and then in his last in his last four, listen, he was, he was tied for 36 again last week with a similar type of line to Hogs, 1832. So he's been pretty consistent. And so what I'm looking at is I'm looking at these guys that are in the high 7,000s, low 8s that we're kind of just like mad about. And these guys, I don't see any difference between, right? So we can fill them in, and that's where we can get – that's the hi- patented hybrid model, right, where I can put in my Zalatoris, what have you get these guys in. I don't have to dip into the six K range. That's what's important. Cause once we say they go to the six K range at that point, I might take a handful of guys and, you know, basically flip a coin and hope that they might hit, but that's all you're doing at that range because none of those guys have really enough consistency uh, to really put a lot of equity in. I think there's enough here with these guys where we, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident to kind of roll them in my core for the week. When I start filling in, you know, those upper echelon guys to round out the lineup. And so like, like I say, guys, when I build my lineups for the week, my roster construction is really important. Some weeks I'm like, I'm all in on whoever is the main guy, JT or DJ or what have you. This week, my higher percentage ownership is going to be the lower guys down here in the 70,000 range. Uh, and I'm probably going to mix up the more expensive guys. because I, I do like all of them. And so my play this week is I'm going to be my core plays are the less expensive golfers. Um, and I think that's what's going to be, I'm hoping will be the difference. Uh, for me this week. So uh, to round out my my plays in this category, I, I'm with. say like I think we've said before, if uh, Joel Domans in the tournament and he's priced properly, always go to him. Yes, he has been disappointing. I will say, if you want to scale back your ownership, I completely am fine with that. But he's still worth five percent. You know, a lineup or two, give him a chance because we've seen him with the ability to go super low and give you those DFS scores that we need. So he's capable of finishing thirtieth but having a top 10 DFS price. And that's, so that's why you still go back to him because not a lot of guys in this field that have that capabilities, have those capabilities. And, um, uh, the last guy, uh, in this range, I'm going to just mention is Scott Piercy. So Scott Piercy is a guy that, uh, seems to me is getting a bit overlooked. Um, his recent form, there's not much to go off of with him, you know, he has, he hasn't done too much, but his course history here is the best you're going to get for this price range. Um, just to kind of rattle off, he was tied for 18th last year, tied for 10th, tied for 20th, and then tied for 55th. So that's you know three top 20s for a guy 7100. Um, you re- I gotta really like that. My concern is that he hasn't done anything for us in the recent future- near history. So um, you know it is taking a bit of a risk on him, but uh, he's 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 done really well on this course. And if that if you're gonna give that any if that means anything to you, he's certainly a good player recent near future history. I like, that's like a, that's
0: like an odd worlds, like fucking CD cover. right there. That is some good stuff. Joel appreciate the heck out of you for that. All right, Joel, actually let's just stick with you before we get to see you in a secret weapon as always. I mean, Again, you guys aren't super heavy on the six K range. I read Sea's article; there was nobody there, which again is kind of a cop out on his side. But whatever, I'm not here to judge. And I was trying to make a point. Yeah, I, I we we got the point, Cia. Thank you. <laughs> you like your other shows more than us, anyway. <laughs> Joel, who are you liking in the six K range? If you got a couple,
2: not a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to avoid this range as much as I possibly can. You know, if I'm going to throw a few plays out for us to consider. The first name I'm going to mention is going to come as a big surprise. He's uh, even though I don't think they're actually blood related. They're in the same family as Henry Higgs, if you know what I mean. Huh? So, <laughs> uh, no, I, it's in. I, I think you. Know, he actually has been playing pretty well recently in Ted Potter. He's old. He's big. Um, you know, we're going to have a laugh uh, about where,
0: him. Where? Where is it? I don't even know where. I honestly have no idea who any Ted of these
2: 6, are. Sixty-eight hundred. <laughs> Oh um, man! Oh, Mr. Potter Jr. Harry Potter Jr. Oh, geez! Uh, God yeah. damn! Cousins with <laughs> Harry Potter, very clearly. Uh, Wizard. Um, Oof. that's the joke. No relationship. We get it.
0: But it, um, gosh darn. Uh,
2: so no, The so in all reality, he won this tournament three years ago. So he's capable of doing it. Uh, his recent form, he has a tie for 18th two tournaments ago. He made the cut last week. Didn't do great, but he made the cut. Uh, what I like about him is that he shot a 66 last week. So, you know, yes, the rest of the week wasn't very good. But if you just look at his recent history, it's – he does. he's not like he's – whenever he makes the guy, he's always shooting like 74. It's like he sprinkles him in there, but he does have a lot of 68. 68. He's pretty consistent. So, we, yes, he hasn't con- consistently put together four days recently. But you know he has the capability for that 65. He can get in the 60s. Listen, if we're going to take a shot in the 6K range – yeah, I think I think he's someone that that, that could be in play this week. Um, Chasan Hadley is another name who you know is a guy that, in this field, I wouldn't have been surprised in the seven Ks if he was in the seven Ks. I probably wouldn't have liked him, but since he is in the six Ks, you know, I feel like you're getting a bit of a value with him. I don't think there's, his recent form has much to. to write home about you know he's missed a bunch of cuts but before that you know when he does make a cut and he plays well he usually does pretty well right tied for 16th tied for 23 so he's you know you're taking a shot he could miss the cut and ruin your lineup but if he does do well right he, he could be he has the formula to be in the winning lineup so um again low ownership but someone to look at and then the, the last two guys i want to mention in this range are going to be brian gay uh brian gay recent form again not that great but his course history here is strong and so, if you were to look at a guy that, that tends to play well on this course, um, I like him. And listen, in the, the the Bermuda wasn't a strong field, but he won the tournament, so mm-hmm. we've seen the, the upside there. And the last play um, uh, in this range that I want to kind of go to is actually I'm I'm, I'm just, now there's two, now there's two I got I got to give both guys out. Uh, so Christopher Ventura, um, you know, this was a guy that we were pretty high on i would say in the summer maybe early fall uh he has definitely slowed down much um since then with not making a cut in the last six tournaments this is a Mm -hmm. play where it's like if he does get his form back um he's capable of of going pretty high and he's you know talented enough in this field to compete um it's just are you willing to make a gamble on him kind of finding his form this week and it's, it's it's a gamble but you know it's a talented guy that you just at cheap enough where it might be worth rolling the dice on. Um, and then I promise my last play here in this range uh, is Ben Martin. It's someone to consider. He hasn't played too much recently to even have a course history to go off of. Um, but he, he does have an okay course history. If, if, you know, obviously you guys know, I weigh that pretty heavily. You know, last year he was tied for 25th, didn't play the year before that, and then tied for 26th. So at this price range, it, it's hard to beat that.
0: Yeah, most of these guys, I mean as you saw if you were if you're watching, most of them had uh uh Corn Ferry Tour next to most of the events that they were in, It really wasn't too many dudes with uh with too much opportunity here on the PGA Tour. Sia, how about you? I'm sure you have one or two guys there's a guy named Seamus Powers in there. I'm sure Joel. I'm surprised Joel didn't say him. Uh, it's just a fun name to say, but there's a couple guys that we know. Anybody that you're, you know, a couple darts, and then, of course, we'll get to see a secret weapon, windailysports.com backslash chat, seven free days in our expert Discord chat. See a secret weapon is 28 and three to make the cut, and they usually don't just make the cut. They usually do pretty damn well. Uh, so Han. Yes, James Hahn. Case in point, James Hahn. Dude was doing pretty damn well. So, Get someone really cheap, under 5% owned, you make a bunch of money. That's the goal. So uh, I also like uh, every time in Discord, it's just secret weapon, secret weapon, secret weapon, all the way up to like Wednesday night. And then every single lineup has a secret weapon. And someone will show, so see like a three max. And he's like, hey, like, don't put them in every lineup. They're <laughs> like, why? It's a virtual lock. And he's like, well, gotta, you know, pat yourself on the back, blah, 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 do that whole thing. But anyway, who are you liking for the 6K range before you do all your research and, and get all fancy on us?
1: Uh, by the way, the problem I have with Bo Hogue is, and by the way, I think he's like tracking at like six, seven percent ownership, which isn't super high, but it it means that people are paying attention because like mm-hmm. nobody rosters Bo Hogue. Like you can't have a it's a name that's hard to say. You can't have a name that ends with a vowel and then starts with an H, which is followed by another vowel. Like you can't go Bo Hogue. It like runs together. And mm. I just think mom and dad should have like taken a little bit ah. more care. In how they were going to name, like maybe Bo's short for something, but but if it is, I think you had to keep like the original the original name so that mm-hmm. you don't have that vowel h vowel problem.
2: So yeah. you know that's I think so, I'm not rostering him. I think you don't know Bo. Whoa!
1: Oh, that's good. Thank Whoa. you. <laughs> See, my joke
0: was going to be his name is Bo Jackson Hogue.
1: So i like let's yours get, a lot more let's though. get bo on the show and then we can market it as we're getting bo and people will come to the show because they'll think it's bo jackson mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, do you know who bo jackson is by the way michael uh there was Maybe. he was in a video game if i'm not mistaken yeah right? he's like 20 he's like years, a before, famous years, 40, 40 years before video yeah, game
0: like a streamer yeah. i think some hockey like. player right Ho- no yeah. no 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 i don't think it was hockey Don't no? be ridiculous i think it was <laughs> No, he wasn't a golfist, no. Yeah, he was a video gamer. I don't know. <laughs> Streamed on Twitch or whatever. So um,
1: the, the 6K – so this is, like, the one time where I – I always like some guys in the upper 6K range. So, like, like last week, I, I had Davis Riley, who was 6100, and a lot, lot of our subscribers had Davis Riley, and he didn't really pay off because he ended up. Th- I mean, he made the cut. So he made the cut, yeah. Off, but he ended up like 58th, and honestly, his his ball striking was like really bad. He made he made up for really bad ball striking with really good putting and around the green game. Just just an FYI, because I got to be honest, I originally liked Davis Riley in this tournament, and I might go to him here and there, but. The ball striking last week like pretty much every round was was really bad for him so i think he's going to need some time um but i'm going to really try to avoid this range altogether but if, if there's guys that i'm going to put in in like maybe larger pools like you know 150 max kind of deals um these are not single entry or three max guys for me andrew landry comes to mind roger sloan has been pretty good lately um, Tyler Duncan hasn't been that good but we know he has the potential to be good he's usually decent on approach he's usually accurate with his with his driver and then the short game is, is what it is but I think Duncan is is kind of a sneaky play once we get down to the 6700 range there's Davis Riley um, I don't know don't that he's worry. going to be popular but uh, you know he's yeah, you know, he's probably going to be a little bit popular in the 6k range because he is a guy that's like been talked about a little bit. I think Bryce Garnett is interesting. Bo Hostler had a, had a pretty good week last week. Then I go to, you know, I go all the way down to 6500 and I think Rob Oppenheim has first of all, he has a really good course history here. This is a this is a course that does fit his kind of shorter game um and again you're looking for something and a good course history it's not outstanding but it's a it's a good enough course history where i think he's top 20 or the last four times he's been here he's made the cut every time i think he was like top 15 one time so or maybe top 10. so he's been pretty good i will say with chess and hadley if you're looking for a guy to kind of find what he might have had like a year ago like there's a lot of guys you can make that argument for in the 6k range but you know, Chestnut hasn't really, I mean, he, let's see, where did he golf last? Oh, he was at the Farmers and he missed the cut in the American Express. He's classically a good ball striker. I mean, that's all I can say about him. So if you're in this range, it does make sense to maybe take a shot at him because maybe he finds his old form, but there's really no evidence that he has. I'm just kind of throwing it out there that off the tee and on approach, you know, he's not terrible. So that's what you're kind of looking for in the 6k range. But again, I'll have my secret weapon. I'll maybe have a couple shares of maybe like an Oppenheim and a, and maybe one of Davis Riley, maybe a Roger Sloan, Tyler Duncan, but I'm not living in this range at all. This is the one tournament where if you said, hey, listen, I'm i am I'm not taking any 6K guys, I'm going to just be as balanced as I can and avoid the 6K range, I'd be good with it because this is the worst you're ever going to see the 6K range.
0: John Daly, 6K flat. Sign me up. Right. Sign me up. All right, so that is the DFS breakdown of... The A T and T Pebble Beach No Am. Usually it is three courses. I got you, Sia. I got you. Trademark and patent pending from our lawyer man, see um Usually there's three courses. It's now down to two because they're you know COVID and everything. Isn't it crazy? COVID almost has been like an entire year now. Like what we started doing golf again in like April, right? That's when it kind of started up, right? If I'm not mistaken. April or May, I'm trying to right. remember. When the I feel like it was like late was. April. Travelers? Was it the Travelers? It wasn't the Travelers. Or was it? Um, but yeah, it's been almost a year of this bullshit, and I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm just, I love doing the show. You guys just kind of over all this stuff.
1: Well, the cool thing though is that golf was like the one sport that pretty much wasn't affected, other than like just the whole world shutting down yeah. for like, you know, six, eight weeks. Like, this was the one sport and will continue to be because, by the way, um, side note, COVID isn't going to be the only like random virus that penetrates, you know, the world. Okay. So I we're going to have know. to, like. you don't watch saying- enough
0: 24 hour news. Sia. I think you should really watch more of that stuff. Cause it's uh, great. It's great TV. Yeah, great it's, entertainment.
1: It's, it's entertainment for sure. But my point is we are going to have maladies like this, whether it's a year from now or five years from now. And it looks like golf is sort of like the one sport that can basically survive it so it's just really cool that we were like we had the outlaw tour in arizona because like Mm. they don't like believe in rules and stuff which is cool i guess if you're into that but like you live in florida you know what it's like i do i do (laughs) covid doesn't that's not a thing down here pretty sweet i'm I'm
0: jealous honestly i'm super jealous
1: covid free in florida um so anyway the point is is like it's really cool like the i think the commissioner of 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 the pga like did a really good job like getting things in order and it's just cool that we have like all these tournaments by the way we're just getting ramped up with golf like nfl season is over tom brady won his like 54th super bowl um and i just think it's really cool that we have like golf to lean on for like sort of indefinitely like i hope i'm not jinxing it but i i i think it's cool that the the pga dfs survived all of this stuff
0: that was a lot i f- totally forgot about that that was that was wild. That was so much fun. You trying was to figure it out it's like I think I've heard of this guy before. My research says he played yesterday, so try and roster him today. That, oh man, that was a blast. We almost got Nick to go out to Arizona and join the Outlaw Tour for That's a minute. Right. Oh man, I kind of missed that. Those were the days, man. Those were the days. All right, let's. Um, so we do not have first round leaders yet. Not yet. Um, but what we will do is they we'll we'll tweet them out fuck it we'll just tweet them out that way i don't keep saying that sia wins and then no one knows about it like we'll just tweet them out so sia when you get your first round leaders when i text you tomorrow and ask you for them so that i can tell all my friends because they kind of text me on wednesdays like mike you got anything for golf yes like absolutely i do um tweet those out we'll retweet them from the main account that way the people can see and of course they're all going to smash again um joel let's start with you who are you liking for uh, for for some outrights? Maybe a top twenty here and there. Now DJ's gone, makes the field a little bit easier, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think you know I'm going to be making a few uh, top thirty bets. I think that's that's the number I like. I think there's a few guys I like in that in that um, you know two to one one, one and a half to one range that I'll be talking. I'll start with outrights. You know, in the outright field. This here is going to be between uh twenty to one and forty to one. Um, there's a f- probably four or five guys in that range that I think can legitimately win. I know that there's a big difference between them and Cantlay and Berger, so I think that's where we're getting value. Um, I like Molinari. Um, I like Day. Uh, both twenty or uh, Molinari twenty-two to one, Day twenty to one, Zalatoris eighteen to one. Um, I mean you know going down a little bit, you can get forty to one with Shrewman and Homo. So. All guys we talked about today, good values in terms of winning the tournament. Um, hard to predict too many outright winners. Much, However, there are 30s that, that I do like a bit who I want to mention. The first one, uh, uh, kind of the, the theme of the show now, is, is Bo Hogue at plus 163. You're getting odds. You know He's done it um, recently uh, a, a bunch. So, again, you don't need to win the tournament. You just need to compete. And I think he, he's going to compete this week at plus odds. So uh, I think you can make a pretty – Good bet there on him, and then there, there's a more value. So I don't love these bets so much for the reason that you know you're only getting plus two fifty, and right and, and these guys have to really compete this week, so they're not as safe. Um, but there's a few other guys down here that that I'm probably gonna you know throw a few bucks on just because I like the way that the, the numbers are tracking this week. So they're, they're looking good to me. You know, the first being Kyle Stanley at plus uh, one eighty eight, so it's just under two to one. Um, and again, all you need him to do is get you in the top 30. So he's been competing pretty well recently um, at a two to one bet. I, I like him to compete. Um, and my, my last guy in that range, and, and I, I got to give, I got to give, well, you know, it doesn't, I guess it, for this purpose, it doesn't matter that, you know, he might be highly owned, right? Because we're just making a bet. That's completely okay. But I, I like Melanotti. I think we should, you know, his, his history here is good. His form is good. You're getting plus odds at plus 125 and all we need him is the top 30, so uh, those will be my three kind of top 30 bets that, that I like. I love it.
0: Yeah, plus 125. That's like a solid underdog in the NFL. That's the easiest way to compare it. You can do a real unit on that. Please don't put a real unit on Fr- Francisco Molinari to take the thing home at 2200. You can put a real unit on a 125, though. That's That's a possibility. That's that's. That's some fun stuff and it's top 30. So it's like a lot feels a lot easier. The one thing I hate about doing that. I love betting golf now and thank you guys for that. It is so much goddamn fun it because is. Sunday is just insane. Cause you have all these bets that are a lot. It's not just like, Hey, are the Ravens going to win or cover? No, it's like, is this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy going to do what I need them to do. So it's so much fun. The one thing that pisses me off though, it's like in DFS with lineup trains. It's just like these eight dudes are tied for 17th. So if one of them steps out of place, the rest of them either go up to whatever or down to whatever, so that that that's the part that kind of um, keeps me on edge and tilting a little bit. But it's an absolute blast. Uh, See so ya. Yeah, let's get to it. And I guess can you break news? Usually break like I know we've been trying to break news. You tell me. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I think we can break news with the outright okay, play cool. here. Wow. Um, and I may have that's mentioned him already, but uh, this is this is breaking news, and I think the world uh in america specifically need to know this and canada too canada canada, canada yeah, you can needs bet to in this.
0: canada ghost bets our, in
1: canada all the time our friends in canada um so listen sam burns at 40 to one i don't love him to win but i do like that number um he he definitely has some win equity here certainly in the top 15 i think in terms of uh, ability to win this tournament uh cameron tringal at 45 to one i think if there was a tournament to win I think like this year for Cameron, it would be this tournament, Uh, Matt Jones, 66 to one Harold Varner at 70 to one. Again, this is a watered down field. And if he has the form he had last week, he could be competing on Sunday and 70 to one is a good number. Uh, Scott Stallings at 100 to one, kind of a throwaway bet, if I'm being honest. Um, But the breaking news, let's just get to that. Now, this number has been adjusted like 15 points, unfortunately, but it's still a really good number. It's a guy that was just second place recently and has been in the top 25 the last three weeks. He looks like he's continuing to be on the rise like a few golfers that we have discussed in the last few weeks. And his name, of course, is Henrik Norlander. So Henrik Norlander at 45 to 1 will be your winner of the AT&T Pebble Beach No-Am. Take it to the bank. You're welcome, America. And Canada. And Canada, love it,
0: absolutely <laughs> love it, a hundred percent electric. It doesn't get any better than hanging out with you guys on a Tuesday night. So, yeah, in case people want to continue to engage with you and watch you kick
1: field goals in that beautiful weather down in Florida, where could they find you on the internet? Oh, uh, Instagram, Ajad Sports, uh, Twitter at Siyazad, and uh, you can listen to us on SiriusXM Saturdays and Sundays, five to seven. Right, right, Michael. Yep, see is Saturdays,
0: I am Sundays, the world is back in order. Also, whatever, see is on another podcast talking about golf on Monday nights where he gives away all his plays before he even comes to talk to us. Joel, where can everybody find <laughs> you on the internet?
2: At DraftMasterFlex uh, and Twitter, on Instagram. Um, and also, if you wanted to see where I am on the leaderboards, that's where you find me on DraftKings.
1: Hey, oh, this fucking follow. guy. So actually, to that point, you just reminded me of something. So when you were busy winning, what was it, 80,000 a week and a half ago? 70,000. 70, 70, right. um, I do want to shout out uh, D. Ferris. We, we forgot to mm. mention him. Um, D. Ferris is on our Discord. He's a subscriber. He won 5,000 that same week. Um, we had a lot of people that won, but, but D, that 5,000 was kind of a big number. So congrats to him. Um, Discord is already kind of uh, super active, like right as we speak. So I'm excited to get in there tonight, tomorrow night, get the secret weapon out there. And, uh, I think this is going to be a pretty good week. Again, I want you to embrace the volatility this week because we have multiple courses. We have multiple like weather issues. So definitely account for the unexpected. And so I think that gives you liberty to maybe, you know, take some guys in the eight or seven K range that you, uh, wouldn't have ordinarily taken that same axiom does not hold true for the six K range though, because I don't think those guys have a chance.
0: Yeah. those names, uh, man, I we've been doing this a while now. I have no idea who 90% of those dudes are. Unfortunately, Joel is no longer with us. I don't know where he went. Looks like his laptop broke out. So for Joel, for Sia, for everybody in the chat, appreciate you. We have, um, who do we have? We have Antonio's article coming out tomorrow. We have Patrick's article coming out tomorrow. Sia's article is already free up on winddailysports.com sports.com. So make sure to go check that. We have the golf projections. And now we also will be having our showdown sheet. So make sure if you're making showdown lineups check out our showdown sheet. I think Steven is heading that up if I'm not mistaken. So he's going to be uh playing around with that. So he's going to have some ideas for a couple guys to play in showdown, a couple reasons why. Nice and easy. We're going to start building that out a little bit more along the way, but want to get you guys as much information as we can because pga golf is like really huge apparently i didn't realize how freaking big it was but that everybody loves it because it's so much gosh darn fun so i know well, betting on golf is getting very big i know that i uh, you know i do a lot of industry research and see what's going on and people love that shit dfs golf is really right up there what do you got
1: you know i was gonna say golf betting was sort of an unkept secret for years i mean i've been betting on golf for i'm just ballparking it at least 10 years probably closer to 15 years and it's there's so since much been you can, alive yeah since we have been alive yeah wow. in fact. Probably you the are a you at this. is when <laughs> I picked it up. The, the point is there's so much you can do with golf, both live and, you know, pre flop, if you will. So it's just, it, it's going to blow up. I mean, you see this bet cast thing. I'm sure you've been reading up on yep. that, Michael, by the way, can you get us to be the announcers for that?
0: Yeah. Cause, cause they I have, don't, those guys suck. They don't no know how, the, like they have zero idea what betting on golf is. It was yeah, so make, weird. Make a call. Yeah. Can you make a call. Can you just call somebody? To. Make that happen. Joel, you're back. We were just about to sign off, but appreciate you coming back. Does your laptop die? I'm assuming
2: my laptop died. I plugged it back
0: in. It's all good. Well, we appreciate you. We were talking about betting on golf and how much bigger it's getting. Um, points bet just signed Paige Sporanic. I think that's how you say her name. She's a, oh, Joel's Joel's eyes perked up. Um, she is a, uh, W WPGA still right WPGA golfer and LPGA. Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, WNBA. That's what I'm thinking of. LPGA uh, golfer and Instagram model. Oh. I think that's influencer is maybe the right way I'm supposed to say it. But they have really cool shit going on with golf now too. What were you gonna say, Joel? I'm sorry.
2: No, I just I, I've heard of her before. I know her. She's uh, oh yes. she I've, does a lot of stuff with Barstool Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen
0: her she's she's pretty attractive. I think that's kind of her thing. But she's also really good at golf. So it's like kind of cool um but anyway for joel for sia for the chat for everyone over here at one sports we appreciate the heck out of each of you and hope you make it a very very profitable at&t pebble beach no am what bow, 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 bow. Whoa, got him got him